This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. 17th day of April 2023, a a chilly start here in the mountains of western North Carolina. Uh, Only 38 degrees this morning. Beautiful weekend. We did have a little bit of rain, but beautiful weekend. My wife... Uh, and I did uh, so much work the last uh, uh, three or four days, so I was not here the last uh, couple of days of the week. I apologize, but uh, uh, my wife has been on vacation, so we have to take advantage of it. So we've gotten some stuff done, and uh, but I am happy to be here this morning. Uh, before we go, go back outside to do some more work, um, flying by the seat of my pants a little bit this morning, my computer decided also to do it, a major update needed to be done, so I did not have access to on my computer till just before uh, the start of the show. So uh, we're going to kind of make it up as we go along here this morning. Um, Once again, we have to start a show talking about gun violence. Over the weekend in Alabama, four dead, 28 wounded at a 16th birthday party in a little town in Alabama. They were, you know, in a dance studio for a party. It just, you know, and they don't have any leads about what's going on. Uh, nobody really knows who did it, how it started, nothing. Uh, I mean, the cops are basically saying, please, if you got any information, we need help. Uh, just, you know, uh, but here we go. And then a, a kid in Kansas City, Missouri, um, going to pick up his sister, goes to the wrong house somehow and gets shot by the homeowner. Fortunately, the kid is still alive, but he's in the hospital and he's not in great condition. And, you know, it's just uh, one thing after another. Uh, There was another shooting in Louisville, Kentucky, right after the shooting at the bank. Uh, Another shooting over the weekend, a couple more people dead. I mean, it's just uh, enough, you know. I mean, it's just, it's it's maddening. And nobody, um, you know seems willing to do anything about it. And this is the part I think that is the most frustrating thing for Americans is that you have Americans across the country, both Republican and Democrat. Now, granted, the the uh, the Democrats have the larger voice and probably are, are a lot more uh, outspoken about it. But we have Republicans as well saying something has to change in this country, and we seem to be unwilling to do it. Our, our politicians seem unwilling to do that. Uh, you know, probably, um, probably because of all the money that is coming their way from the NRA and the the, the gun lobbies. Um, you know, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. 
Um, so I, I don't know, you know, I don't know at this point. It's like, you, you know, you, you hear this stuff and what I, what I worry about, um, is that we're going to become so complacent, um, that, that people will just say the hell with it, you know, just give up, kind of throw up your hands and say, there's nothing else that we can do. You know, it, <laughs> I hate to think that we're going to get to that point. But I am concerned about that, you know, and, and I think we all should be concerned about that. So anyway, that's, uh, you know, I, I you hate, uh, I hate starting my show talking about that, but I'm, I, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. And I, and I live in the South where it's gun central, um, you know, and I, 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 I both laugh and get irritated where I live, and I, I live in the mountains, and there's people that are shooting all the time here. You walk outside at any point during the day, at any day of the week here where I live, and there's somebody in the neighborhood shooting. You know, And I, I found out there's like a little gun range not far from where I live, probably, I don't know, half a mile away through the woods, and I can hear them all the time. And I find out that the, uh, the people that are usually shooting there are security for a church, you know, and it's like, ah, you know, uh, a, that they feel like they have to have security for a church, but B, I mean, they're out there. The amount of gunfire out there is unbelievable. It's like, I, you know, I think I actually yelled one day, Hey, you know what? Better make sure that, you know, those things, things are sighted, right. The Chinese or the Russians could be landing. Cause frankly, you know, that's the only reason we need, you know, unless we're about to be invaded. I mean, it's just this whole second amendment thing. I, okay. Enough. Anyway, let's get to sports. Um, before we get to sports in the United States, let's get to sports in Japan. Um, Trevor Bauer, remember him? Uh, he of the uh, uh, sexual assault uh, allegations, et cetera, et cetera. He was never charged with a crime, but he was suspended by Major League Baseball for 324 games. Uh and was finally uh, reinstated. Still is under contract to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers figured he was kryptonite um, and cut him loose. So uh, he pitched yesterday for a minor league team. He's supposed to, he signed with the Yokohama Bay Stars, but he played for their minor league team in uh, Yokosuka yesterday because he's trying to ramp back up. He hasn't pitched in a few years. Um, and uh, drew 2,600 people to a place that usually gets a couple of hundred. Uh, the, the online streaming was like 77,000 people watched this thing. And he pitched fairly well. Um and he said that, you know, he figures he's going to need another minor league game or two, but then he'll be ready to go. Um, but went four innings, struck out six, gave up four hits, no runs, and uh, said that the game um, didn't seem any faster to him. He felt like he was, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. You know, and and obviously for him, um, he's hoping this translates 
to an NBA chance. I mean, NBA chance. <laughs> to a MLB chance again. Uh, I don't know. You know, and I think somebody will give him a chance. I, I think it's inevitable. I think after a year is over and people have, I, I don't think anybody's ever going to forget but I think he will get a chance in Major League Baseball again. I do. I think somebody is going to bite the bullet after another year has gone by, hoping that the uh, American public will forget. Now, the Internet is never going to let anybody forget anything ever. All right? That's number one. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, you know, and, and you can make the case that he should get another chance. He never was charged with a crime. And, you know, look, you can say the guy's a scumbag. You can say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, he was never charged with a crime. He claims that anything that happened was consensual. You know, I mean, that's that's questionable at best. But having said that, you know, he was convicted by the American public before he was ever even charged with anything. Rightly or wrongly, he didn't help himself because he has the intelligence of pocket lint and doesn't know how to shut his mouth. You know, if, if if he had just fought this, answered the questions, and quietly went about his business and just, you know, let the legal system do its part, perhaps, perhaps, and I'm not saying it would have, but perhaps it would have been less... Of I I don't you know I I I don't want to say less of a mess less of a uh, a scandal because the stuff that came out I mean the facts that came out in his case were oh I mean it was one of those things where you know when they're getting ready to talk about it everybody's saying hide the women and children before we tell you this because it's pretty racy but at the end of the day we have had guys that have beaten their wives beaten their girlfriends whatever. And they have found their way back into Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, the Trevor Bauer thing took on a life of its own. And again, some of that was because of the details. Some of that is because of the product of the society that we live in today where you can't, where everything is sensationalized and everybody on social media has something to say. You know, it's just, you know, he was screwed before it ever began. And I am not sticking up for Trevor Bauer because I don't think Trevor Bauer is necessarily uh, completely innocent in the whole thing. But he's not the only guy that's gotten in trouble in Major League Baseball. But he is going to be the only one that perhaps never gets back in because of it. But I, I still think if he pitches well in Japan this year, you're going to be hard-pressed to say that you know to say that he's not going to get a chance somebody will do it 
somebody will do it. I don't. I don't and, and look, you know, I don't know who that would be. It's going to have to be a team that has it has a strong enough presence, perhaps, to to uh, overcome that. You know, like a maybe the Mets, maybe the Yankees, because they. Uh, have so many other big names and big players that they can almost kind of bury him. It's either going to be that or it's going to be a team on the other end of the spectrum like the Oakland Athletics that has nothing to lose. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but I think it's just a matter of time before he gets a chance again, rightly or wrongly, you know, and I'm sure most people in on social media are going to say, oh, my God, it's, you know, it's like letting, you know, Jack the Ripper back into baseball. But I, I think it'll happen. Um, on the field, in uh, the roller coaster ride that has become the Boston Red Sox season, geez, we're 16 games into this, and it has been an absolute roller coaster, right? The Sox are 8-8, eight and eight, so they're at the 500 mark. And by the way, that's good for last place in the American League East. That shows you what the American League East is all about. But they have also had two times where they've had three game winning streaks, right? I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, and then they, you know, then they go in a tank, you know. So it's like, I don't know, I don't know what to think about this team. But I know this when you get starting performances like the Red Sox got from Garrett Whitlock yesterday, I don't care who you're playing, you've got a chance to win the game. Garrett Whitlock was phenomenal yesterday. And for a, a guy where, you know, a lot of people, myself included, think that, you know, he is maybe better suited for the bullpen, he made a very strong case for himself being in the starting rotation yesterday. Seven innings. First time. We hadn't had a Red Sox pitcher go six innings all year. He goes seven, throws 99 pitches, gives up just three hits and a run, strikes out five, walks two. And I understand that it is the Los Angeles Angels, but let's not forget, folks, that the Los Angeles Angels have four guys in the middle of that rotation or middle of that lineup that can mash. They've got Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, two uh, uh, MVPs, Anthony Rendon, who is coming off of injuries, but is a guy that when he was with the Washington Nationals and healthy, we know what he can do. And he hit, he's hit the heck out of the ball the first three games of this series. And Hunter Renfro, we know what Hunter Renfro can do, right? He was in Boston. We saw him hit 35 home runs. We saw what he did in Milwaukee last year, continuing to pound the baseball. Well, those four guys yesterday against Garrett Whitlock, when they combined one for 14, one for 14. And it wasn't just Garrett Whitlock. It was against Caleb Bort and Ryan Brazier. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but when Whitlock pitches like that or when anybody, you know, when the Red Sox starters, we know we've, we've hoped that Chris Sale is going to get back to that. I'm getting more and more pessimistic that he will. But, again, you still have to remember he's only made three starts and he'd only pitched 48 innings over the last three years, so we have to kind of keep remembering that. I have to keep reminding myself of that. We have Brian Bayo going to pitch in the uh, the last game of that series today, making his first start of the season, coming off the injury that he had in spring training. 
Of course, he's got to face Shohei Otani in the game at 11 o'clock this morning. Good luck. Uh, that's a hell of a way to, to, to get your uh, debut in. But if, if Bayo pitches the way he pitched in September last year, and Whitlock does this, and Sale figures it out, and Paxton's probably coming back next week or the week after, and he is throwing the hell out of the ball down in the minors. If they get those guys back, as I said at the start of the season, there's optimism here because of the potential of this starting rotation. And Corey Kluber can eat some innings. He pitched better in his last start out. You know, uh, so, but you just don't know. And, you know, look, it wasn't like the Red Sox bats were on fire yesterday. You know, and granted, you know, the kid they faced, Reed Detmers, um, is a guy that's thrown a no-hitter. And a guy that, you know, pitched to a 3.77 ERA last year. You know, 110 hits to 129 innings pitch. It's 122 strikeouts over those 129. So, you know, the kid is is not a bad pitcher, and he pitched okay yesterday. I mean, he made one mistake, and it was to Alex uh, – I mean, to uh, Justin Turner. After Alex Verdugo got on, Turner hits a two-run home run, and that was the game. I mean, Detmers pitched well. He pitched six and, six and a third and only gave up the two runs and six hits. I mean, and the game was over in an hour and 57 minutes. How great was that? I mean, that was one of the shortest games uh, that the Red Sox have had in a long, long time. Matter of fact, it was the the fastest nine-inning game played by the Red Sox since 1999 when they lost one nothing at Detroit in a game that took an hour and 49 minutes. There hadn't been a faster game at Fenway since 1989 when they beat Milwaukee 5-1 in an hour and 50 minutes. You know, and and I'm sorry. I don't want to hear any more about griping about the pitch clock. I don't want to hear any more about it. The fact that I can sit down and watch a baseball game in between two and two and a half hours is wonderful. It's the way it was when I grew up, and I, I'm, I know it's the old man thing again, but, man, it is a beautiful thing. Um, now, yesterday, the time to get nervous – for me, was when Whitlock is done after seven. And you already knew going into the game that the Red Sox bullpen was toast because Alex Cora has been using multiple guys game after game after game. It's one of the things where I'm still concerned that if he continues this this pattern, the Red Sox aren't going to have any arms in that bullpen by the All-Star break. There, there's got to come a point, and he did it yesterday with Whitlock, which is, and I thought it was interesting that it was Whitlock, because this is a guy that's just making his second or you know, second start of the season, and you're letting him go. But you know, he could he was continually taking out Corey Kluber early in games when he's thrown 66, 67 pitches and taking him out, and you know, after four or five innings, you know, and 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 it's become a pattern with him. So yesterday, they, they didn't have Schreiber. They couldn't use Winkowski. They couldn't use Cutter Crawford. They couldn't use Blyer or Kenley Jansen. So who did they bring out in the eighth inning is Caleb Ort. And I looked at my wife and said, oh, this one might be over. <laughs> I mean, Caleb Ort, the guy who gave up seven or eight home runs in spring training and has looked like a human gas can at the start of this year, 
comes out, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but he walked the guy, gave up a hit, threw 15 pitches, only six strikes, but somehow gets out of the inning. So that was a minor miracle in itself. And then here comes Ryan Brazier for the ninth. And Red Sox fans everywhere, everything puckered. You're like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. But that's all they had. It was either that or Jake Faria, who they had called up from the minors um, because they had to put Chris Martin on the the injured list with a, a bad shoulder. So Ryan Brazier comes out. And Brian, Ryan Brazier suddenly looks like Kenley Jansen. Brazier comes out, throws uh, 11 pitches, seven for strike, strikes out Mike Trout, gets Otani, and the game's over. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I, you know, We may not see the likes of that again. He gets uh, the kid Neto, he, gets, he strikes out Trout, gets Otani easily to ground out, and the game is over. Ryan Brazier picks up his ninth career save, and I hope to God I don't have to see that again this season. You know, and the Red Sox have a lot of decisions coming up. Uh, now, you know, Martin got injured. It doesn't look good for Zach Kelly. He's on the sixty-day uh, injured list now because of his elbow, and he may be done for the year. Uh, it's the same elbow he's had work done on, but the Red Sox are going to have some decisions to make. Uh, because Paxton's coming. You know, so they're going to have to do something there. They have to make a move today because Bayo is going to be activated for the game today. So there's a couple of guys that are going to have to go. You would assume Jake Faria is going to be one of those guys. He's just called up on an emergency basis. He's probably going back down to AAA. But there's some other decisions that are going to have to be made. You know, when Paxton comes, what happens with Pavetta? What happens with Hauk? Who stays in the rotation? Who goes to the bullpen? And if one of them goes to the bullpen, who's going to the minors? I mean, my, my first reaction would be probably Caleb Ort. You know, but who they for some reason, they love Caleb Ort just because he can throw 98 miles an hour. Um, but here we go. 11 o'clock today, the Red Sox have a chance to sweep. Now, they've got to do it against Shohei Otani, and Shohei Otani has been uh, very effective this season. He's been, you know, look, he's only this is only the second time he's ever pitched at Fenway Park. He pitched at Fenway last May and threw seven shutout innings, struck out 11 guys without walking anybody, and he loves the Red Sox. He's he started against the Sox four times. He's 3-1 and one with a 2-3-5 uh, ERA. So Sox have their work cut out for him. Um, and uh, Brian Bayo is going to have to uh, to match him. And, look, Otani has made three starts this year. He's 2-0. and He's allowed one run in 19 innings, and he has struck out 24 in those 19 innings. Now, the one thing that is up with him this year is he's walked more guys. He's walked 12 guys in 19 innings, and he's hit three guys. So he hasn't been as sharp early on, but he's not giving up runs because he's able to strike out guys. He'll get guys on base, but then he's able to strike out and and get himself out of trouble. So, uh, look, I mean, if if they win today, they're over 500. They've won four in a row and, you know, start printing playoff tickets, right? Right. Uh, Yankees win. 
Garrett Cole continues his unbelievable start. They shut out the Minnesota Twins 2-0. Uh, Garrett Cole pitches a complete game two-hit shutout. He struck out 10. It's his fourth career shutout. It's only the second complete game in the major league so far this year. Uh, his ERA in his first four starts, 0.95. Uh, he got the final nine outs on just 25 pitches. I mean, it just he's been dominant. Uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable. Um, and he loves the Twins. He's 5-0 and in six career starts. He also becomes the first Yankee pitcher to win his first four starts of a season since Mike Mussina did it back in 2003. So uh, he is in uh, rarefied air for sure. Um, DJ LeMahieu with a home run and an RBI single as well. After missing a couple of games, he comes back, hits fifth in the lineup yesterday. He's normally been the leadoff guy, but he hits fifth yesterday. Uh, and they end up with a split uh, of the four-game series. The bad news for the Yankees, they had to put Giancarlo Stanton on the injury list with a hamstring strain before the game. Um, you know, that's been a, the story of Giancarlo Stanton's career in New York is staying on the field. It was also uh, Aaron Judge's problem in the beginning, but he seems to have figured that out. But uh, Giancarlo Stanton hurt again. Uh, Josh Donaldson close to coming back for them, though. He'll play a minor league rehab uh, game today and could be activated on Wednesday. And Luis Severino getting close to coming back. He threw a bullpen. Uh, And uh, the Yankees are uh, off today. And then they get the Angels starting tomorrow night in Yankee Stadium. Clark Schmidt's going to get that start. And uh, the Twins are also off today. And then they will be coming to Boston uh, tomorrow to open up a three-game series. It is 31 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Uh, so the, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays finally lost over the weekend, not once, but twice. To the Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto was looking for the sweep yesterday, but Shane McClanahan had other ideas. He was uh, good as the the, uh, Tampa Bay pitching uh, righted the ship, and uh, McClanahan goes six innings, gives up just one run, strikes out six, and he is 4-0 to start the season. And Alec Manoa got drilled by the Rays. He gives up nine hits and seven runs. Didn't help himself by walking four guys to 101 pitches in four and two-thirds innings. And I know this is probably wrong of me, but there is a part of me that has that's a little gleeful when Alec Manoa gets whacked around. Uh, look, the kid's a good pitcher. He's been an all-star, uh, but he also is a little bit uh, uh, too boisterous, loves to show people up a little bit. I have a bit of a problem with that, but that's just me. That's just that's just the old man uh, yelling at the moon kind of thing. But uh, McClanahan was great, and then the Tampa Bay bullpen did its thing. Three scoreless innings out of the bullpen, and uh, they win this one easily, eight to one, um, and uh, they move to fourteen and two on the season. And the Rays get to play the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> starting today. Uh, so uh, a bit of a uh, a break for them. You know, and that's one of the things, too. It was funny. People were talking about the great start by the Tampa Bay Rays and said, hey, you know, before we get too excited, right, about the start that the Rays had, you know, winning their first 13 games, let's keep in mind 
who those 13 games were against. Now, I hate to put the Red Sox in that category, but when you look at the, the Tampa schedule at the start of the season, I mean, it couldn't have been set up a whole hell of a lot better, at least for their first nine games, right? They had three at home with Detroit. Then they go to three to the Nationals, and then they play three at home against Oakland. Arguably three of perhaps the worst four or five teams in Major League Baseball. That's who they get to open up against. Now, I don't put Boston in that category simply because of the fact that the Red Sox play in the American League East and they still spend money. They still have a a decent lineup uh, despite the pitching issues. And, I mean, the first game played that out, it was a one nothing game, right? But th- for them to go 13-0, and their schedule, with the exception of the four against Boston, and they played – they seemed to get a hit every time they needed it in that series. But those first nine games, they should have gone 9-0. and You could make the case, right? Uh, so then they get the Red Sox. They, they win the four there, but then they lose two out of three to Toronto. But now, you know, look, they get Cincinnati for three at Cincinnati. And, and, and I know the Reds, uh, you know, they've won six games, but let's not – it's still the Reds. Uh, they still don't have Joey Votto. You know, that lineup is not that good. Uh, And then they get to play the Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox are off to an awful start. They're 6-10. They have the White Sox. After Cincinnati, they then play the White Sox 7 out of the next 10. And they have three against the Houston Astros thrown in there. Houston's under 500. I mean, you look at this schedule for Toronto, everybody, I mean, for Tampa, everybody that they play is under 500. And then they have the Pirates. They don't start getting into the meat of the of the the uh, schedule until the first week of May when they got to play the Yankees at Baltimore, then go to New York for four, then go to the Mets for three, then Milwaukee, Toronto, the Dodgers. I mean, you know, Tampa better enjoy this while they can. And I know their pitching staff is going to keep them in a lot of games. But it is important, I think, to keep that 14-2 and two start in perspective. It's not to take anything away because, look, there are, these are all Major League Baseball teams, and at the end of the day, you got to beat who's on your schedule. And there are teams, you know, that have failed to make the playoffs because they haven't been able to make hay against the bottom, you know, of Major League Baseball. That They can't beat the bad teams, you know. it's It's hurt more than one team. But again, you look at the start of the, the season for them. I mean, Detroit's five and nine. Oakland's three and thirteen. Washington is five and eleven. I mean, the Red Sox are the only five hundred team that they had played up until they faced Toronto, right? I mean, so at, at the end of the day, Tampa's good, but they're not fourteen and two good. I guess is where I'm kind of going with that. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, the Toronto Blue Jays uh, open a three-game series in Houston today. Uh, Kevin Gaussman is going to get the start. He's off to a good start for Toronto. He's got a 1-3-5 ERA through his first three starts of the year. Uh, Christian Javier is going to get the start for the Astros. And, you know, people, uh, look, again, 16 games, don't get carried away, but a lot of people are a little uh, confused about this Houston team, don't really know what to think. And I think part of it is the fact that the Texas Rangers are off to a phenomenal start and I don't know if it's sustainable, but they whacked Houston last night 9-1. They won their first series at Houston 
in five years. They hadn't won a, a, a series in Houston since July of 2018. They had lost 10 straight series in Houston. So, you know, look, this is not the Texas team that we are used to seeing the last several years. This is a Texas team that can hit, that can pitch, that is not afraid to spend money. And, you know, look, uh, Marcus Semyon, the guy they got on their roster last year, went two for five yesterday, grand slam home run, drives in four. But, you know, they've got guys now that can hit the ball. And they've got guys that can pitch. Andrew Heaney pitches five shutout innings, only gives up two hits yesterday in the start. They've got Jacob DeGrom going for him today uh, when they play the Kansas City Royals. I mean, it, Martin Perez is showing that what he did last year was not a fluke. You look at this team and, and the fact that they now have one of the best managers, you know, in the last few decades in Bruce Bochy managing that team. And this Texas team. I'm not saying they're going. I'm not going to get carried away and say they're going to win the American League West, but this Texas team is not going to go away. You know they've got guys that can play. Now they are going to lose uh, Mitch Garver, their catcher. He's going to be out, um, you know, for a while. They placed him on the injured list on the ninth, uh, and they've said that it's going to be a while before he comes back. So the young kid Heim is going to have to continue to play well. Um, and he did yesterday, drove in a couple of runs, walked a couple of times. He's hitting 289, but they're not going to go away. They've shown that. Um, and you know, look, that Western division is going to be challenging. Uh, Seattle, a one, nothing win yesterday, Luis Castillo with a, uh, a great performance. He retired the first 18 guys in the game. You know, Seattle only got four hits, but when you got Luis Castillo pitching like that, you know, and you've got a guy um, like Paul Seawald at the back of your bullpen, he's already got four saves this season. They're not going away either, so Seattle's going to be in the mix. So that American League West may turn out to be one of the most entertaining outside of the American League East. That might be the most entertaining race this season. Castillo, by the way, struck out nine in those seven innings and uh, only allowed the two hits, did not walk a batter. So, um, you know, and, and, and you look at it, and, you, and if you're a, a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, you're going, yeah, he used to be ours. You know, but that's that's what the Reds do. You, you, you get guys until you don't want to pay them anymore. And that's why Rysel Iglesias, the guy who was a great closer for them, is elsewhere as well. Um, the Baltimore Orioles, by the way, win again. So the Orioles are, uh, nine and seven and showing that last year, not a fluke either. Cedric Mullins, three hits, four runs batted in. Um, you know, look, the young kid that they, uh, that they've brought up, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who was supposed to be their big, uh, pitching phenom who they brought him up out of the minors. He's made two starts now. I uh, made one of them, uh, I think it was against the Red Sox, 
Uh, he hasn't been very good. He wasn't very good yesterday. Gave up six hits, four runs, a couple of bombs, and five innings. But they overcame that. Bullpen did a great job for the Orioles yesterday. Four one-hit innings. Um, and then they get to Aaron Bummer out of the Chicago White Sox bullpen, and they come back to win this game 8-4. to four. Uh, White Sox, they're struggling. There's a lot of people that are already writing them off. Um in the American League Central. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but uh, a 6-10 and 10 start, not a great look, especially when you've got a very, very good Minnesota team uh, that you're going to have to chase down. But the Orioles, they're for real. There's, I, I, I'm, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, the Rodriguez kid may not be ready yet. You know, they've had to bring him up because of some injuries. He may not be ready yet, but he's, uh, you know, fortunately that bullpen – uh, has been very, very good for them. Um, the Atlanta Braves, our local team down here, get a win yesterday. They beat the Kansas City Royals 5-4. Uh, to four. They sweep the series. No surprise there. Vaughn Grissom, who uh, recently came back up from the minors, they had thought he was going to be um, you know, their big uh, shortstop starting the season. They decided to send him down and keep Orlando Arcia. Then Arcia gets hurt, so they have to bring Grissom back up from the minors. Um, he broke the tie in the ninth inning, and then Ozzy Albi is also homered uh, in this game, and the Braves win it 5-4. to four. Um, The Braves are going to <laughs> – look, they're 12-4, and four, and I know the Mets have spent $350 million, but, man, uh, this is a really good team. Kyle Wright, who was not very good in his first start of the season coming off that injury – Struck out six over five and two-thirds. He did allow a couple of runs, walked three guys, so he's still not back to where he wants to be. But uh, he, you can see uh, he was much better in this start than he was in his previous one. Uh, so now the Braves head to San Diego for a three-game series starting tonight. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that could be a preview um, of – the NLCS. I think it's very possible. Uh, now, the Padres lost yesterday. Wade Miley. Wade Miley pitches his fanny off yesterday. Uh, goes seven shutout innings, allows just four hits. He struck out eight. This is a guy doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Did not walk anybody. Only threw 89 pitches over seven innings. Uh, the bullpen pitches the final two, and the Milwaukee Brewers beat the San Diego Padres one nothing. You Darvish, a great start for the Padres. Struck out 12 over seven innings. Only gave up one run on four hits and loses. And I'm telling you what, when you, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you look at this lineup and you, the first, you know, four, four guys in this lineup, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, uh, Nelson Cruz, and then throw in Jake Cronenworth, and you shut them out, all you can do is tip your cap. Uh, great performance. Uh, and But the Padres are going to get better because he's coming this week. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming back to the big club this week. Fernando Tatis was doing a rehab stint down with the El Paso Chihuahuas and had himself a weekend. Hit three homers in one game. I think he homered in three straight games. Hit like five home runs in three games. Just making a mockery of AAA pitching. He is coming back. He is going to be the right fielder 
for the San Diego Padres when he comes back. They'll get Rudnett Odor uh, out of right field and uh, Ozokar out of right field. And, man, that that Padre lineup is going to be ridiculous uh, this week when Fernando Tatis Jr. makes his way back from his cheating suspension for using uh, a banned substance. 47 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. A couple more baseball things before we uh, move on. Uh, The Mets win over the uh, Athletics. A really big shock there, although the only shock may have been that it was uh, closer uh, than a lot of people thought it would be. But uh, the Mets uh, had to turn to a young kid to start the game, uh, Jose Buto. Uh, his uh, second career start. He made one start for the Mets last year when he got absolutely drilled. Yesterday he goes five innings and uh, gives up just five hits in a run. He did walk four guys, but uh, danced in and out of trouble. Does not get the decision. The decision goes to Yakabonis uh, uh, out of the bullpen as the Mets win it in 10, 4-3 to three over the Oakland Athletics. Um, you know, again, look, there's, uh, the Mets are 10-6. and six. If you listen to Met fans, you'd think they're six and ten, um, you know, and that's what comes with a three hundred and fifty million dollar payroll. People expect you to win, you know, every game. Not going to happen. But uh, the Mets beat the Athletics uh, four to three. The Cubs, a bit of a surprise to start the season. Uh, the Chicago Cubs now eight and six after beating the Dodgers yesterday three to two. Uh, they win the series against the Dodgers. And what a weekend. What a weekend for Patrick Wisdom. He homers in his third straight game. Um, Cody Bellinger with a home run. What a weekend for him as well. Bellinger, my God, he gets welcomed back. Uh, he's playing in L.A. You know, he signed with the Cubs in the offseason. He comes back to L.A. And they give him a really nice hand, you know, round of applause the first time. Uh, that he that he appears. It, and by the way, this is where the this is where you can get bitch about the pitch clock. They're giving him a nice hand, and he steps you know out of the batter's box and tips his cap to the crowd. The umpire then calls him for a batter violation because he wasn't ready within eight seconds. Unbelievable. But anyway, so they're cheering him then, right? On Saturday, he robs Jason Hayward of a home run in center field. Now all of a sudden, he's getting booed. He's getting booed, and and it was his reaction was priceless, right? They're booing him after he robs the home run, and look, they'd seen him do that plenty of times when he was with the Dodgers, and then he stands out there and he kind of puts his hands out to the side, going, "What? You know, now now you hate me?" And then he homers in yesterday's game, uh, so that but the Dodgers uh, lose three to two, but the Dodgers, and I'm not saying it would have made a difference, but man, did the Cubs get some help from the umpire in this one. Unbelievable. Um, Sean Barber was the home plate umpire. In the ninth inning, all right, all all the Dodger outs in the ninth inning were all via the K. Brad Boxberger comes on a relief. All three outs were strikeouts, and they were all looking. And all three of them were not strikes. He calls David Peralta out on a pitch that was away, clearly. Then he calls out Jason Hayward on a pitch that was clearly inside. 
And then the only one that maybe was borderline is he calls Freddie Freeman out on a pitch uh, with the tying run on base that looked low, but it was borderline. But when you look at the uh, you know the box that they put up in MLB's pitch tracking that they have online, all three of them were out of the strike zone. So you can make a case that the Cubs got an assist from Sean Barber, the home plate umpire. It was, I mean, I, I watched I watched the highlights on uh, on MLB, and I went, oh, boy. Not a lot of people were not happy uh, in Dodgerville, as you might imagine. Uh, the NBA yesterday, uh, the Miami Heat upset the top seed in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks, yesterday, 130-117. to This was a costly game for both teams. Uh, Tyler Hero, uh, he of the uh, great shooting touch from the outside for the Miami Heat, broke his right hand just before halftime. So he's done. Then uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo gets hurt in the first quarter. He uh, went down hard and uh, appeared to have hurt himself and uh, went to the locker room about two minutes later. Comes back in the game in about five minutes in or three minutes into the second quarter. A couple of minutes later, he's back in the in the locker room, and then he was ruled out for the rest of the game. He's got some kind of a lower back bruise. They don't know. They, look, the good news is they did x-rays. There's no damage. It's just a matter of him being sore. And his status for game two is up in the air. But game two isn't until Wednesday. So he will have Monday and Tuesday and most of Wednesday to rest that. I fully expect he will be back in that lineup uh, for game two on Wednesday. I will be shocked if he's not, especially with the Bucks down one game to nothing. I don't think they can afford not to have him out there. Um, the other upset? Uh, the L.A. Lakers upset the Memphis Grizzlies the number two seed in the Western Conference, uh, Hachimura and LeBron James do the job. Hachimura with 29 points, uh, including 21 of those in the second half. LeBron James, 21 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who won over 50 games this season, lose. Uh, they were 35-6 and six at home and lose to the L.A. Lakers yesterday, 128-112. to uh, the uh, uh, the golf yesterday, the RBC Heritage, good one, goes to a playoff. Matt Fitzpatrick beats Jordan Spieth on the third playoff hole, so that was uh, uh, that was kind of fun to watch. By the way, Fitzpatrick, $3.6 million for the win. NASCAR yesterday, uh, Kyle Larson, his first ever win um, at Martinsville. Uh, he wins it. He took the lead from Joey Logano with 29 laps to go and goes on to win uh, his second race of the season, the 21st of his career. Logano, remarkable job by Joey Logano, of course, the, the Middletown, Connecticut native. Um, he had to start at the back of the uh, back of the pack to start the game. They found a water leak in his car in the morning, and because they had to make a change to his car, he was forced to start in the back. And uh, his average f- uh, position during the race was like 23rd. Stayed out on a couple of cautions to get himself track position. Actually led for about 12 laps before Larson overtook him, uh, and Logano ends up finishing second. That was a hell of a job 
uh, to come from the back of the pack to finish in second place. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Because it's Boston Marathon Day, what better song can we pick to head out with? Here's a little Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.